0: Welcome to the Bald Move TV Podcast, the officially unofficial podcast for all the TV. I'm Jim. And I'm Aaron. And tonight we've got a lot of stuff to talk about. This is the first episode we've done in a very long time of Bald Move TV. Yeah, why are we doing uh, this? Well, because we watch a lot of TV that we don't talk about and doesn't really... Some of it kind of deserves a full cast, some of it doesn't. We we don't like to do shows that are in their first season as full cast because who knows where those go. We'll talk a little bit about that tonight, but... Plus, we needed a we needed
1: a proving ground. Yeah. You know, do we go live with Halt and Catch Fire? Do we start off with The Strain? Do we do, you know... Do we cover Veep? A lot of overhead with uh, setting up feeds and maintaining them, and... Yeah. Whereas if we just uh, watch stuff and talk about it, we can always promote stuff to a full cast if it warrants it.
0: Yeah, definitely. So, you know, that's kind of what we're doing tonight. We're going to talk about several shows that we've been watching, kind of chunk them off into different sections in the podcast and see what we think all right uh we'll also note that uh aaron has probably not seen everything i've seen and vice versa not a requirement not at all so there might be a lot of kind of new people to these shows guess what we might be new to them as well so Uh, also assume that any
1: if you see a time code for a show we're going to be having heavy spoilers so Cur-
0: up to the current one, up yeah. to the current. Yeah, yeah. we're not going to talk about things that might happen
1: in the future because no, we, have... we don't really know that. <laughs> no, and, and we wouldn't. Yeah. So, uh, but do consider that, like you know, if we're talking about Halt and Catch Fire, there's going to be massive spoilers for the episodes that we've seen of those.
0: All right. Well, you brought up the perfect segue. Let's talk about Halt and Catch Fire. We just finished watching episode two of that moments ago. What is your overall opinion of the show so far? Worried.
1: <laughs> I saw the first okay. episode before it came out. I watched it on AMC.com dot com when they had the live preview, and I told you at the time I really like the story. It's a story I'm interested. Yeah, I hate every one of the characters with a white hot passion.
0: Okay, and I
1: can understand that. In in episode two, I'm losing I'm losing a lot of interest in the plot, and I mm. still despise every one of the characters.
0: Okay. Um, there's one character who I'm mildly sympathetic to, and that is whatever the bearded programmer's name is. Steve, Steve Fake Steve Wozniak. Fake Steve Wozniak, yeah. Um, his, I thought his character in the first episode was actually fairly interesting, and it progressed too quickly. Because this idea of you know a failed entrepreneur who is now kind of gun-shy to do anything is devastated by not succeeding in something he really loved. That's an interesting character that I have not seen in very many places. He's he's haunted by this in a lot of different ways. He's Walter White Jr. Except he doesn't kill people. It, well, and
1: make drugs. Yeah,
0: yeah, but you know, he's reverse engineering thing... a
1: PC. I don't think bodies will be dropped in acid before c- episode two.
0: <laughs> not certainly not before episode two. No. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I just thought it was a much more interesting character until he just like. After only a couple of sentences of prodding from the Steve Jobs clone, mm-hmm. uh, played by Lee Pace, I, I don't know his actual name in the thing. Joe, I think?
1: Uh, it is Joe. I didn't know his real name.
0: Okay. Uh, <laughs> he he goes to the Bearded Waz and says, look, you need to get back on the horse here. You created a great thing. It just wasn't the right time or whatever. This open architecture is brilliant. And then he immediately does. He's like, okay, cast off those years of funk that I've been in. Not a problem. I'm just going to follow this maniac. I mean, I know he was looking for some way. I guess that's why I felt I didn't like it because he wasn't looking for a way out of this. He was presented with one, but he should have been more skeptical of it, I think, because he'd been crushed. Yeah, he, tri- he goes this –
1: again, I call him Walter White Jr. because he's a lot like Walter White, only – less well-executed and less well-developed sure. as a character at every step of the way. Yeah, yeah. Down to the kind of obnoxious relationship he had with his wife uh-huh. where he had this, like, you know, it could have been a contender and it's going to keep me in this place and I'm going to be a shitty husband and father because of it. Yeah, and, sure. And that then, feels real, though, right? People yes, are like people that. people do that. I don't – it's it's like we always say, like, you know, Episode Two, of Star Wars – It's probably realistic that two teenagers have really hokey uh, (laughs) uh, love affair, and Uh it's awkward, and they make weird comparisons, and they have weird stalker dialogue. I don't know that I want to go pay money to see a movie about awkward teenagers doing awkward teenage things. I kind of like my entertainment to be distilled to the perfect whatever of something, to its essence, and I feel like this show doesn't do that. And I, you know... I obviously overlook the, um, you know, some. I'm I'm a big fan of the whole, you know, male who's oppressed by the women in his life, uh, rebelling against and you know trying to figure out what it means to be a man and whether it's Don Draper, whether it's Walter White, or whether it's Tony Soprano. That can be compelling, and I haven't. I don't think I'm bored with that, Mm. but I'm just bored enough with it that this second rate stuff annoys me. That. And then in the episode, second episode we just saw, yeah, it turns out that his wife is like totally supportive, and like I see that you need to do this. Yeah, you knock him dead, honey. I'm fully behind you. You know, mm-hmm. with the caveat that if you if I let you pursue your passion, I need you also to focus some of that in the home. Sure. Then he goes around and like tells her a bald faced lie in a second episode. And He comes clean with it, which you have to does. give him a little
0: bit of credit for. But he does it way too late. And then now,
1: this is a big thing in their marriage that you know he's working with a unconventionally pretty programming
0: girl. And it's weird though because I feel like he made it a thing. Nah, it's like a thing with her too. It is okay. I wasn't picking that up from her, but it just felt like he felt guilty for it and didn't want to tell her. And then it became a thing because he did that.
1: And there's clearly an attract. There's going to be some. I mean, I'm just predicting. Uh, there's paste. an attraction of opposites here, right? And, you know, there's going to be some sort of love triangle between the Waz, Steve, and yeah, Tank yeah, Girl. Yeah. And I just... I, I feel like I see all this stuff going, and there's going to be lots of screaming about what an idiot this guy is, but he's going to pull something magical out of his
0: ass. Gordon is his name. Uh, like the, the fisherman. Waz? Yeah, yeah. Okay. Gordon Clark, I think.
1: Yeah, that it's it's just going to go this way, and there's going to be setbacks. And I, I don't know. Like I said, I... I just find that the the people, another example from the pilot, Tank Girl,
0: mm-hmm.
1: she's in an arcade stealing video games okay. with her little rig that she's puts in a quarter. And she's on this machine. She's been hogging it self-evidently for hours. A mm-hmm. guy comes and politely says, like, hey, can I get in here? I've got quarters, too. She tells him to fuck off. Then when the dude that owns the arcade says you've been stealing games, you need she gets like all huffy and like almost starts near fight. Has to be thrown out of the joint. Okay, that's a despicable human being. Uh, like I you think... want to game the system you, and be discreet about it, but this like self destructive behavior. That so, all of them
0: are engaging in. Yeah, I is, won't argue that Joe Joe is clearly self destructive. I mean
1: Like he just he did this he did the and it was the exact same fucking thing when he went into the stereo store. uh uh-huh.
0: Yeah. Yeah. He
1: wanted to You're get just, arrested or whatever. I'm gonna bully this schlub and I'm uh, he's got me dead to rights. I'm just gonna violate every law in a social compact and just be an asshole because I'm a special snowflake. And sure. I had to spend thirty seconds in hell, and I'm a little melted. Fuck you, fuck you, dude. Yeah,
0: what I would really probably appreciate in this show is a little more nuance. They they feel like they're just shoving action in there for the sake of it. Like these first two episodes could have been an entire season of a show, and mm-hmm. spend more time properly developing characters. Take a take a lesson from Mad Men. Right. Take a lesson from Breaking Bad. They are kind of slow burns. I mean Breaking Bad has a lot of action.
1: Yeah, I was going to say but I don't know, Breaking Bad's a great example, but Mad Men sure. And it's a similar kind of thing where Well, you...
0: Breaking Bad's in a crime world, so it's naturally going to have more action. Right.
1: But I mean, the, you know, take your time mm-hmm. and trust that this process is interesting. Like I feel like yeah. they they they're giving very short shrift to the technical details and they're flooding, you know, the, what little technical details we get it's like I thought it was really awesome when Jobs and Wozniak stayed up and basically transcribed the yeah. BIOS code from the IBM 360, or, or no, it was their whatever some IBM machine, 8086 yeah. machine. Um, but like lately, I feel like it's Star Trek: The Next Generation level technobabble. That's one character is mm. shooting at another to show total contempt for their skill set.
0: Sure. Yeah. Or and to it, be
1: in total awe. Oh my gosh, yeah. she
0: shortcutted the whatever, whatever. Yeah. She, she doesn't actually say anything. Cut there the foreskin
1: even. off the computer's dick. <laughs> and it's just, it's just a bunch of machine code on the board. Sure. Why is that? You know, I thought that was the interesting thing about the social network. Well, that's the is thing. That they he... made those technical details interesting. Like, you know, when they discovered um, what it did to add a relationship to that tag. Yeah, and from going to one college to another, and how it was born. It's like there was int- they made the technical details kind of interesting, and then you went by and talked about sure. the branding and dropping V and what a big deal that was. And
0: yeah, it's easier when stuff is very, very front facing to the public, like a Facebook. I mean, they're building a website, something that everyone is Everybody's going to see. Familiar
1: with the product as it is.
0: That's also true. Yeah, but when you're building, you know a. The inside of a computer, it's not even something people will ever see. No one, no user will ever see that BIOS unless they're very technical. Mm -hmm. Uh, So, you know, having the ultra-skilled programmer understand that she did something incredible here, I think that's as good as you can do. I also don't like the tank girl
1: raving about, she's basically describing the iPad. With... I want something with 15 million pixels and full color and connected to a global oh, network with yeah. eight gigs of RAM in it. It's like I don't think anyone in 1979 saw any of that shit coming in your wildest dreams. It just didn't. And for someone to basically sure want 2014 tech back in 79 or whenever this take place, mm-hmm. so that stuff again kind of loses me too. It's just like
0: yeah, this show. I feel like the premise has a lot of promise. <laughs> premise and promise yeah um i'm a big you know techie or i used to be a huge techie now you know i can still build a computer and stuff and build websites but i'm not into all the really technical stuff anymore yeah it's an
1: man's game gym
0: sure but i was when i was a kid and like the internet was brand fucking new nobody sure. knew how to connect to it that stuff was awesome and i was mm. totally into it so this is right up my alley I uh, i just feel like it's not being executed super well Here's the other problem. Hmm. This
1: debuted to like 1.2 million people. Yeah. And then they lost 20% of that audience in sec and and they Ouch. they advertised <laughs> relentlessly on Mad Men. Uh-huh. Mad Men has two to three times an audience that size. They didn't retain a third of it and they lost twenty percent of what they did do. This tells yeah. me that there is a lack of interest in this show. And that the people that were interested were kind of turned off by the execution which is i think what, so yeah and i feel like part of that is that halt and catch fire is something that we've been seeing a lot of they've had the jobs by autobiography with kutcher which also bombed
0: i never saw uh, that. they had
1: the social network which was you know big fairly, success big yeah. success fairly interesting they've got the silicon valley show which mm-hmm. has been a moderate success for hbo is it just you know people? There's just not enough people interested in this particular stuff to tune in. Uh, that might and, be true. I mean, and I think that tastemakers like Alan Sepinwall and, and James Poniewoznik were very like, "Well, the pilot wasn't terrible, but we have to wait and see."
0: Sure, that's, that's not how going, I was too.
1: That's not going to get the needle moving.
0: No, no, you need to be like, "The pilot was fucking awesome. I'm in for the season." Right, <laughs> right. And that's not how I felt about this show unfortunately, because I wanted to like it. I mean, there are some good things. I do like uh, some of the business maneuvering, and I know the first episode kind of got a little crazy with it when Joe comes in and just says, we're going to do this, and we're going to do it behind their back, and we're going to stick them up against the wall. I and- think it
1: continues to be crazy in episode two, that whole scene where they lost... Sixty-two percent uh-huh. of their clients in the space of fifteen minutes—that's horseshit.
0: I okay. You say it was fifteen minutes. You said a minute earlier. I don't think it's anywhere near that. I think it's a full day. And IBM it's still horseshit has gone around. IBM has in less, teams in and teams days, of people in days because they 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 are there. I
1: think it's less than five days elapsed from the time he reverse engineered it to the present time of the episode. Okay. And within a matter of days, IBM has. Do you know how long it takes to fucking sign an agreement with any large corporation? They're talking about ADP. They're talking about, <laughs> I mean, Delta Airlines. It takes a long time, yeah. Oh, an a exe- big dick, swinging dick executive at IBM calls Delta Airlines, and three days later, a deal has been struck to cut this other company, who probably has a contract with them, out and go mm-hmm. to IBM. No fucking way. That... All right. All if they right. not if they'd have said, if they have been like, had a bunch yeah. of clients call and be like, IBM's plying with these deals and, you know, what's your response? And they're giving us $300,000 off. I'd believe that. But for them to put this gun to their head, like, you've got two months and you're going to go out of business, it's just, I don't know. It just feels like artificial gamesmanship to me.
0: Okay. I mean, I could buy that it would take longer to actually happen. I think the move itself is very, very smart. Um, you know, IBM, that seems like something a big company would do. Fine. Yeah. We can't get you into court. We can't run you out of business on your terms. We're going to do it on our terms.
1: Right. No, I, just, I, I agree. I just feel like it was, again, it's execution. It's Aaron's Law of Suspension of Disbelief. Okay. You know, your disbelief is suspended until it ain't. And then once it falls, you start noticing, well, this is horseshit, and this is horseshit, and this is horseshit. So mm-hmm. I'm probably more critical of the episode than it warrants, but it's because they didn't do as good a job— of keeping my disbelief suspended and maybe i'm a sure. super challenging person because i'm more technically inclined
0: yeah yeah it's a hard thing to and do. and i've also right? been on the business
1: side too yeah I'm just that's like, even worse <laughs> yeah so you're like well
0: i see these things happening and i know they couldn't happen either technically or business wise and that's in the Sorry. days before the fax machine right this is in the days before uh, email I don't you're really executing
1: know. contracts
0: and switching this stuff in three days get the fuck out of here telephone it's a powerful machine <laughs> can't get signatures <laughs> That's, sure when, that's when people actually used to answer their telephone instead of saying, text me or "yeah, send it to me in an email. All right, anything else you want to talk about with Halt and Catch Fire? Nope. Okay, I'm I'm probably still
1: going to continue to watch it. No, I think that this is going to be now transformed into a weekly segment where we either chart this thing, um, how it's eventually going to turn itself around. Mm-hmm. Like, Is it going to be an Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., or is it going to be the killing where...
0: <laughs> it just falls
1: off. And, you know, the thing is, they it's try just to going to be another low it. winter sun where it's kind of a, a, a medium, you know, middle-of-the-road execution of kind of hackneyed idea that dies a quick death
0: because nobody watches it. And the AMC's got yeah. a lot of that of late. They do. They do. And it's a shame because... You know, their first one that kinda of made them a name, a household name, is so good. Mad Men mm-hmm. is just like And then they're you know one Ma- of the pinnacles of television.
1: Yeah, Mad Men Breaking Bad, that's like bam, 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 and walking dead, say what you will. Sure.
0: And we say plenty. <laughs> Fifty million fucking people watch that show. Yeah, it's huge. Uh I don't know. They've they've had some misses as well. We'll see if they can get another hit now that Mad Men's going off the air next year. Uh anyway, let's talk about one of your shows, shall we? Orange is the New Black. Never heard of it.
1: It is a <laughs> show by Gingy Cohen, which I know you're familiar with her work. You're a big fan of Weeds.
0: Oh, is that who it is? Okay. Yes, it is. Uh, big fan of Weeds. Don't I wouldn't say that. Big fan of season one through three Weeds? Oh, yes. Okay. That,
1: certainly. Well, we're still in the sweet spot with Gingy here on Orange is the New Black. So <laughs> it hasn't evolved into a shit show. I don't want to say a lot about it mm-hmm. um, other than... Widely considered one of the top five shows of last year, I would definitely put it in that rarefied air. I think this season is even better. And I've got a weekly television show where it's me and not this guy, but a rotating list of women, um, including uh, Kelly Anakin from up, up Years Downstairs, part of the Bald family, Amy from the Picasso show, part of the Bald family, Nina Perez from Project uh, Fandom. Um, and a couple other women that are helping me out on this thing. And I'm just super excited. I, I, it's been a while since I've been this excited to podcast about something, you know, and it's kind of like, I imagine it would be cause I'm marathon on this. I've only got one episode left to go. Mm-hmm. It's kind of like if I was watching, if we got advanced copies of game of Thrones and imagine watching this season and just like, oh, my God, oh, my God, this happened, this happened. I'm so – it's like I got all that concentrated. Instead of episode by episode, it's a whole season. And I'm like, oh, my God, I get to talk about this with Nina and this with Cecily.
0: Yeah, I don't know how I would do a podcast like that where I've got all the spoilers. Yeah. I find it it is immensely less interesting to do a podcast when I can't talk about spoilers and I have to act like I'm surprised by things.
1: Yeah, well, I mean, I'm not acting like I'm surprised because we're you know the we're just doing the standard recap and feedback format, so it's surprisingly easy. And of course, you don't do a spoiler section, but I'm having fun so far. Um, we'll have the first episode. We had the preview episode of that last week. It, it comes out on Thursday afternoons. We'll have the second second episode covering the first episode of Orange <laughs> and New Black out tomorrow, <laughs> Thursday. Um, and okay. I probably won't say a lot about it going forward, but I just anybody that slipped their radar. It just dropped in its entirety last Friday, and it's really, really good. And especially if you are a dude that's avoided watching it because it's women's prison, I cannot recommend it highly enough. And it, in this in this season, they've even added some serious, even though it's still a primary comedy, they've added some serious, yeah. heavy hitting socio economic stuff that I think is probably some of the best stuff in that vein since The Wire. Okay. That's right. I said The Wire. <laughs>
0: oh, Jesus.
1: Uh, Don't get him started. So there you go. That's my pin, my plug for that.
0: All right. I, I was going to ask if it was a comedy because that's what I've heard. I've never seen a no, single episode of it.
1: It's super funny. And it's also got action and suspense and huge cliffhangers and mm. oh-my-god moments. Better than the women's prison stuff in
0: Justified. <laughs>
1: Better than the women's prison <laughs> stuff in Justified because I would hope so. Yeah. The, not after I've seen all of season five, I believe it's season five of Justified. Maybe it was six. No, it's five. Uh, after I saw it all, I'm not too regretful that we didn't cover it. Okay. Pretty most one of them, it's you have to go back to season one to find a more uneven um, uneven season of Justified.
0: Wow. All right. Um. How about we talk briefly about Veep. That's another show I've been watching. I've seen a few episodes. You have? Mm-hmm. From what season? This one? I don't know. Uh, the <laughs> okay. one, I
1: just saw one this weekend where it was about her giving a, a vice presidential debate speech.
0: Okay. That was the not the
1: finale but the previous week. And, uh, you know, she couldn't remember her three R's.
0: Yeah. Uh, she's, she, she was actually up, running for the presidency. I got at that. that. Point. Yeah, yeah. Okay.
1: The, the, but the, she, you know, came up with the repel, and it was awful. But <laughs> yeah. the only thing is, everybody else was worse.
0: Oh, far worse. Yeah. Yeah.
1: I mean, the shit that they were saying. <laughs> so, um, I feel like it's very. I'm surprised you like it, because I feel like it's very procedural.
0: Uh, I it, did not need any is. background.
1: I did not need to know a damn thing coming in that episode to to
0: follow it and understand it perfectly. It is, but I'm okay with that in comedies for the most part. I'm okay. I'm just there to laugh, and as long as they hit the joke per minute line that I'm looking for, I'm okay. Okay. Uh, comedies are a different beast for me. Sure. That's one of the reasons we don't often cover them.
1: Sure. Because yeah. it's like, you know, what are you going to say about Veep ex- except for... I'm curious. I'm actually... This is a, a serious question. Okay. What are you going to say about Veep except for, oh, God, that was funny, or that was really funny, or this situation's funny?
0: Uh, I wanted to, since we're probably not going to talk about it much, the season finale just aired um, the last week... And it's going to be off the air for a year. Uh, I just kind of want to talk about the show itself and its tone and stuff like that. It's a very fast-paced comedy, so if you're into, like, the newsroom and stuff like that, but a little funnier. A lot of walking and talking. Oh, lots of walking and talks. Um, it's, yeah, it, and it feels like it's sometimes almost too smart for me. Like, I don't get all of the
1: jokes, Huh. Uh that they're making like just the stuff that's based in current day politics
0: um, they don't do a ton of that surprisingly. really, so what are you yeah. not getting, I mean, then? they do theme stuff around things that are happening in real wow, politics sure. as well, stuff that I, I hear about, but uh, I don't know i mean it's it's very fast paced, so keeping up with the jokes is okay, difficult in and of itself, and then there there are some that I feel like I need to know more about the inside baseball politics to really understand um and i'm not getting it Hmm. but uh but the stuff that i do pick up which is most of it i don't think i miss too much uh it's really funny i don't know it's not it's not a silicon valley which i also want to talk about tonight it's not on that level for me but it's pretty good
1: all right yeah Anything more to say or should we move on to the next show no i'm done on veep next topic another show i've been marathoning true blood
0: oh fuck what are you doing what are you doing?
1: So last year, you know, because I watch a lot of television for podcasting, and my girlfriend was like, I want you to watch this television show for me. Okay. And I'm like, okay, I can do that. And she wanted me to watch True Blood, season six, I believe it was. Never seen any of it. She's read all the books, and she likes the television show. And she swears up and down it used to be a good show. <laughs> and we're watching it, and I honestly am totally digging it. It's hilarious, it's got interesting action, it's got interesting characters, it's got copious amounts of blood and tits. And I'm having a good old time, and she's just sitting there like, man, this show is just a shadow of itself, a shadow of itself. Uh I'm like, interesting. So I've marathoned the first three seasons over the last probably four or five, maybe six weeks. Um, and I got a big announcement here in a minute. Mm. And I gotta say, I can see where she's saying. okay, I I can see what she's saying. Who's the main character? Rogue? Anna Paquin. Anna Paquin is not the star attraction. Uh, it, I would hope not. Her her being her
0: nudity, pretty mediocre. I've watched two episodes of True Blood, both the for ones, the Anna Paquin nudity. Yeah, And that's it. it. Yeah, because she
1: she hasn't get naked <laughs> an extraordinary amount of the time compared to some of the background characters. Okay, uh, but I gotta say, other than her. There's a lot of really, really good acting and performances and characters. The Lafayette character, uh, his cousin. uh, Shit, I don't even have everyone down yet. Um, Tara is really good in her storyline with her mom and dealing with this abandonment issue. Speaks to me as a child who was abandoned by their mother. Um, What
0: kind of beast does she turn into? Werewolf, vampire? So far she's just human. A gremlin?
1: Just human. (laughs) Okay. And most of the characters the interesting characters are human. I actually think that Suki and Bill who are the two kind of like couple, that Suki is uh Anna Paquin and uh Bill is uh the dude she's married to in real life. Okay. Uh I I I think he's hilarious unintentionally and I love I got a pretty killer Bill. You know, it'll be lost on me but the audience will love it, I'm sure. Suki, yeah. I am vampire. Um He's got this really stilted southern delivery, but I really like this Eric Northman character. He's like a thousand year old Viking vampire who's okay. now in the modern day. Yeah. And his relationship with his maker, the guy that, you know, the 3,000 or 2,000 year old vampire that created him.
0: His Listat? No.
1: Uh, I haven't actually seen the uh, interview the vampire. You haven't? No. I oh, have not. shit. And I'm you're watching big, True Blood? I'm not a big fan. Maybe that's what it is. I just haven't seen the miracles right of the genre. Yeah. I've basically seen old Bella Lugosi shit. <laughs> Twilight filtered through the lens of riff tracks. Yep, yep. And now this, but I'm having a lot of fun with it. And uh, my girl and I are going to do a uh, off bald move production. It's actually on bald move, but it's not like an official bald move thing. Uh, thing of, okay. Uh, True Blood. All right. I, it's just not. You have no involvement. It does have your blessing.
0: Uh, yeah. I mean, I'm not cursing it either. Go ahead and do it. I don't thank give you. Shit, but, I appreciate that. But it's like. <laughs> Really, really, you're into True Blood? That's crazy. Okay, uh, no,
1: it's surprisingly good, and huh. it is, you know, kind of Walking Dead level, I guess. And similar amounts of you know plot farts and pretensions to grandeur, and good solid character moments. Maybe, I mean, it's hard to it, it's hard to talk about the production values, which are better because mm-hmm. Walking Dead's got that cinema style camera, yeah. Um, whereas True Blood's got more of a kind of production values of, of like, Entourage. You know the difference? Okay. Yeah, like, yeah. ones that you can handheld, tell as television. Handheld versus yes. actual cinematic. Yes, 35-millimeter sure. versus digital. Yeah, so it, I feel like it's hard to compare it to because you, you got the one versus the other. Okay. But in terms of just raw quality and satisfaction of watching and popcorn worthiness, I'd say they're roughly in the same neighborhood.
0: Okay. I've uh, never seen it, so I will... Not judge you too harshly. Okay. Uh, why don't we talk about Silicon Valley? How much of Silicon Valley have you seen? I saw the pilot. That's it? That's it. Christ. Are we even going to be able to have a conversation about this show? No, just I've it seen up, all man. of man. I don't care. I've seen all of it. What would uh, you like about all it? All eight episodes. I like that it's fucking funny. Okay. Because <laughs> uh, so, I thought the pilot was just so-so. Yeah. I, I won't argue that it was... Meh, it was funny. I'm a huge Mike Judge fan. i got to preface everything I'm about to say with I'm a big Mike Judge fan, have been since King of the Hill. This is a Mike Judge joint? It's produced by him. He directed one episode, I think was the pilot. I had no idea. Yeah. Uh, So Mike Judge is behind this thing. I think he's one of the co-creators with the guy who writes all the episodes, whose name I can't think of right now. Uh, That guy is incredibly talented as well. But yeah, big fan of his. So going into this, I was already hyped for it. I was okay. like, Mike Judge, I love Idiocracy, I love Office Space, same here, uh, love King of the Hill, King of the Hill, that's yeah, be re- real, that's surprisingly. Davis um, be- surprising Butthead, I never it. got to. I lived to... in
1: Texas for three years. I'm still from the Midwest, which is kind of Texas. I, I, it's the same dialect and uh, a lot of the same feel. I I think King of the Hill is awesome.
0: Yeah, me too. Um... So I, I think the show's really funny. The some of the stuff that I don't like about it, I guess, is like the characters are very much characters. They are not real people in any sense of the word. Okay. Uh I've never met anyone who's even remotely similar to any of these people. Really? Not not even close. They're all caricatures of actual people. Um yeah, and I think that's something that Mike Judge Does a lot? Is it like to like the workaholic extent? Uh, yeah. Like those guys are wow, because those those, guys are
1: characters.
0: Kinda. I mean, I know some people that are closer to them than I do the people who are in Silicon Valley. Interesting. Um, but I mean, at the same time, I've got some friends who are in the Silicon Valley scene, and I've you know been kind of loosely following that whole scene for a long time now. And it does ring true. A lot of the stuff is, yeah, it's satire mm-hmm. but it's good satire because mm-hmm. it is kinda close to reality. Right. Uh so that's like one aspect that I really enjoy about it. And the the characters, nah, nah I don't know. Some of the characters are good. Like I think his name's Erlinger. He's the the guy who's pretty much always in his bathrobe. He's got the long hair and the the chops and the beard and stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh he's really funny. And I've seen him in other stuff, but I can't think of what. What's your biggest criticism of the show? Um, it's gotta be the the caricatures that really that they're not relatable in most situations. But it allows him to put them in situations that are kind of crazy and lead to a lot more humor than you might expect. Right on. Although there's a moment in the finale where they have a discussion, and I really don't want to ruin this for you. They they whiteboard something out. Um in great detail, and it because these characters are so crazy, it allows them to do that, and that is easily the funniest scene in this entire show. Huh. And the people who have seen it know exactly what I'm talking about. Is that the about. big dick joke thing it, I've heard so much about? Yes, there are a lot of dick jokes in that episode. Okay. Uh, most of which are hilarious. Okay. Because <laughs> I'm a big fan of dick jokes. Okay. <laughs> Uh so yeah, I Let mean me, it's just really funny. I love it.
1: So the, has this been renewed for another season yet? Yeah. Is that okay? Um yeah. I hear that one of the star players and one of the breakout stars
0: actually died. Sure. Um He was the guy who was financing is it going, well, Clyde Piper's. I, you know, I don't want to business. talk about
1: like, you know, who he was as an actor and all that stuff because sure. I, I, I don't know, know it's, it's, it's tragic he died. Yeah. Point like period. They How's dedicated it the show.
0: They dedicated the finale to him. Um it's interesting because in the finale Something happens to where the group is probably going to be seeing a lot more of him, and they say that in the episode. So I don't know if that episode was written and filmed before he died, or if they just kind of set that up as mm. "you're going to see a lot more of him." Oh no, you won't. Mm. Sort of thing. Because uh, at the so very end, kind of addressed it. Well, at the very end, they put a dedication to that guy in the credits. Okay, like right at the end of the show. So. But I would say, so they clearly coming knew back before next it aired. year,
1: mm-hmm. are they going to be, is it going to Is it going to be a plot hole? Is it going to be something they can address in, like, two lines of dialogue? Or I just don't know what the impact is. I think
0: it could because it's such a crazy show and it's not, like, I assume this guy's company will continue to run without him mm-hmm. um, and continue financing their group. But who knows? I mean, it's definitely a big part of this, of Pied Piper's, Existence is this guy, so it might be hard to replace him or to address that.
1: How familiar are you with Derek? Um,
0: uh, I've seen the first
1: season. So this is a Ricky Gervais show. It's uh, you know, a single cam mockumentary similar to The Office. Yep. Except for this time, the, all the coworkers are in a nursing home. Ricky Gervais plays. Um um someone with a mental handicap, someone with an emotional handicap, maybe both.
0: Yeah. Yeah, it's it's somewhere probably along the autism spectrum.
1: But he's also got some motor tics and some just you know, he's just playing through yeah. really it would be very easy to be offensive. And maybe I don't oh, know it would be I yeah. I don't know what the reaction from the uh you know mentally handicapped community is about this show and this character. Mm -hmm. I don't feel like that part of the show is offensive to me. I feel like he walks that line fairly well between having him kind of be oblivious, but also kind of insightful and also give him, he can be, he can be a dick, Mm -hmm. uh, but, but he's also got clearly a heart of gold. And I guess that's my problem with the whole show is you have a whole bunch of cynical people with very black humor but at the end of every episode it's all about them being a family and them taking care of each other and there's something they try to pull off, uh, some kind of heartwarming thing and i sure. what is my biggest bigaboo is total conflict and i feel like where were we talking about the black comedy cuz i was having problems with getting down with something
0: um i don't and we were remember. talking
1: about i forget but it's like you know if, if i'm going to enjoy a black comedy it has to be like pitch black, Mm -hmm. no light at all. And this, where you have a lot of this morbid stuff and people being mean to old people, mean, mean to each other and just being sexist shits. I, I, I don't like that being redeemed at the end of every episode. And
0: I get you. I'm also
1: starting on the new season. I'm kind of getting over Ricky
0: Gervais playing this Derek guy. Okay. Uh season 1 to me had moments where i thought it was as close to uh brilliance as Ricky Gervais has ever been um i i think it's He's... not a problem for me as far as tonal conflict because the characters who are are being horrible shits all the time are never the ones with the redeeming arcs, right? I mean, it's always either Derek or the woman who's running the nursing home uh, whose name I can't think of, Penny or something. Right. Um, it, it's it's one of the those two people that's always kind of having the redeeming arc. And I, I guess Carl Pilkington, I, I don't know what his name is in the show. Dougie. Dougie. He occasionally has one like where he'll stand up for the people at the nursing home. Uh, so that was kind of cool. But, I mean, really the only person who's a horrible shit is the mulleted beer drinking like, slob guy. Is I think that's Kev? I, I think so, yeah. Um he's the only horrible shit. Everyone else is kind of decent in the end. Eh. Yeah, again, I they think they do they're... their own thing, they go about go about it their own way, but in the end they're they care about sure. these people. I agree.
1: Uh again, and I guess that's my problem, the whole end to end. Despite everything we've seen in the previous twenty minutes, we're gonna have a family circus style Heartwarming At, well, resolution to whatever problem That's like saying you can't have a
0: you can't have a bad guy in there. Like Kevin's clearly, Kevin's clearly the bad guy of the show, right? He's always messing things up. He's always being an asshole. Uh, yeah. He's always being completely inappropriate. Sure. So why don't should curb, he dominate the why, show? No,
1: they should curb stomp him.
0: But. You're always going to have people like that in real life. I feel like Ricky Gervais' shows are—he's not an employee. Sure, he should be barred from the premises. I, I can get behind you,
1: like not going out in the public and trying yeah. to drum up business or pass out flyers or, you know, hire people. I mean, like he's involved to an absurd degree, uh, to the to the show and to yeah. everyone's detriment. It's just I. So I get it, wo- it's funny, but I don't, I don't find that stuff funny. I find it very annoying.
0: The woman who runs the show there, I also feel like she's not capable of kicking him out because she kind of feels bad for him in a way as well. Yeah, I guess. Like, he's one of the patients there, right? Right. She's trying to make him better. Yeah. And I I don't know that that's a problem. Yeah, I don't.
1: I don't know what is... If I try to put my finger fully on it it's just like it's a combination of the tonal conflicts and the fact that everyone's Mm. just kind of super passive aggressive sure um you know, and, and... I mean, that's Ricky Gervais. <laughs> right. <laughs> but I, I like a lot of his stuff. I think his stand-up routine is
0: hilarious. His... I, I think Extras is one of the best yes. shows I've ever seen. Yes. It's hilarious, and the end of that show is one of the most heartwarming things. Maybe it's just, the, de- maybe
1: it's just the, the the backdrop of the nursing home combined with the fact that he's... And he's... I, I, I was looking at it. So Ricky Gervais denies there's anything wrong with Derek. Okay. And I'm like, okay fine but there is something clearly wrong with Derek there is something there is something you know not wrong in the bad sense and I don't want to get yeah I yeah. don't want to get in trouble but hey if I'm being offensive let me know so abnormal stop doing it. how about that word there's something abnormal about him and it does impact his life and I feel like it's kind of cute to say like oh no there's nothing wrong with this what is you know it, it's it's
0: Yeah, I mean, when I find myself... So what
1: I'm saying is there's a whole bunch of things where I feel like I'm just kind of like feeling bad about all the proceedings. And they're playing it for laughs.
0: Yeah. And I have a similar problem with like... It's a very sad setting as well.
1: Yeah, like I'm the type (laughs) of guy that can't watch American Idol for many reasons. But first and foremost, (laughs) even like people say that that the the entertaining rounds where you have people come and they're horrible singers and everyone makes fun of them. Yeah. That stuff kills me. Like, I have to watch, like, a slasher flick through through slitted fingers because <laughs> I feel like the majority of the people that are on there have something wrong with them, and they're just picking on an emotionally yeah. or mentally inferior individual, and it feels like kind of bullying. I, I don't know. I mean, You feel that
0: same way about Derek,
1: the character? Yeah, that they're just, like, this run-down, shitty nursing home uh, with these people that never have enough money to care for them, and they never – I mean, that's – that's part of the heart of the show, though, right? I know, The dude, charm of it. It's like these
0: people are fighting despite the bad conditions. Yeah. They're fighting to help people.
1: And thank God there's people like that in the world. It's just... Yeah. I feel bad watching the show.
0: I feel a little uncomfortable feel, watching I feel, someone I know is not in any way mentally diminished portray someone who is. Uh, and I think he's doing it fairly well. That's why I wondered like, what the reaction is. It's a light was. touch, yes, I think. Yes, of course. And it's got to be. To make that work. Mm -hmm. But I still feel slightly uncomfortable. Like I shouldn't be enjoying laughing at this character as much as I am. So that's where I'm saying, as a mentally
1: abled person, I'm feeling this way. I just wonder what the community for the people that aren't fully mentally abled, I I don't even know what the term that is. There's a, um, it's some, you know, it's a form of ableism. Okay. I can't. I don't know what the term. is. I don't know is, either. But I'm just saying, it's like I'm feeling uncomfortable. I wonder what people that actually do have something along that spectrum feel. Yeah. You know, like is this, you know, like kind of like blackfacey? I don't know. is, is that a problem? It's, that's a perfectly valid question. Because I, I feel like there are people. In the world that are that are actually, oh yeah, you know, it's like, do you hire a guy like RJ Mitt, who actually has got cerebral palsy, to play Walt Junior, sure, or do you hire some conventional Hollywood a actor, Dustin Hoffman,
0: to play Rain Man?
1: In, yes, yeah. It's like, is that offensive? And, and I don't know, I don't maybe. know. It just makes me feel uncomfortable. I'm t- I kind of got that social awkwardness anyway, and it's a super uncomfortable show. Yeah. for me to deal with. Okay, that's all I'm. Saying. I completely understand, and that. it's on a yeah. lo- lot of levels. Yeah. So I, in fact, I think I'm kind of done with it.
0: Okay, no season two for you. Yeah, because it, girl- it did it just launch? Did it? It's yeah. I think it's coming it out soon. It just
1: came unlocked on Netflix, like okay. in the last week or two. Cool. And uh, it's something my girlfriend enjoys, so I'll probably yeah. see stuff. You know, while I'm working on my laptop, but I'm I'm out. I'm out.
0: All right, I think that's fair. Uh, The last show that I've been watching is Last Week Tonight with John Oliver. It's a new HBO kind of Daily Show clone with, you know, a guy who's been on the Daily Show, kind of got his start in the Daily Show. I like it. I know you have some problems with it. I'm going to tell you what I like about it first. Okay. Um, And I've told you what I like about it, so I'm also going to say I'm going to refute Try to refute your arguments before you even give them. Oh, this should be (laughs) (laughs) a four-star podcast coming at you. So I'm going to construct a straw man of your arguments, (laughs) and I'm going to proceed to burn him. All right. Uh, So what I like about this show, when I've watched The Daily Show and Colbert Report in the past, it doesn't seem like they have one cohesive topic that they're really trying to make the audience understand and appreciate the impact of. And what John Oliver's show does, in my opinion, is exactly that. Like, he had a net neutrality segment, which lasts damn near the entire show. He does a couple of big events in the world up front, and then, like, five, five, ten minutes into that show, he's on to his big, meaty topic. One of them is net neutrality. Another was the GM, uh, malfunctioning cars, that sort of stuff. Big topics that are important— and he does a deep dive on them, hmm. and that's that's my favorite part of the show. And I think John Oliver is funny. Uh, I think many people do, <laughs> so I like it a lot.
1: Um, I feel like it's a less topical, not as focused, not as funny version of the Daily Show and the the Colbert Report. Okay, and in fact, not as consistently entertaining as we uh,
0: Saturday Night Live's hoary. Weekend update at this point. So, I don't necessarily want this show to be super entertaining. I feel like it's one of its roles is also to educate. Okay. Uh, and you think that the longer format allows them to really
1: drill down into topics. Yes. I'm just saying, like, okay, so if that's your goal, I have an even bigger problem because this show is not reaching across the aisle to anyone that intellectually disagrees with it, no more than that's Bill Maher does. Yeah, yeah. So. Mm-hmm. If it's not educating the people that need to be educated, in in your opinion, and it's not
0: entertaining, then what the hell is it for? Uh, It is entertaining. Don't get me wrong. The show's very funny. Um, Is it very funny? I think it's very funny. Some of his
1: gags, especially the ones where I think the strength of this is that the, the, the lead time they've got allows them to really crank some production values into some of their gags and bits. Uh-huh. The ones that I've seen, um, the funniest of them, which wasn't that funny, was a sequence of like battling uh, campaign ads about <laughs> oh Jesus, that clean was good. coal versus I that trying to kill the coal industry. Was it? I, yeah, it, it went on. It felt like it, a lot of Christians have a Saturn Live skit that it went on for twice as long as it needed to be hmm. to sustain the joke because God damn it, they spent X amount of money to make this thing. And you're going to get all minute and a half of this political cartoon, you know, where 30 seconds probably have been just right.
0: Okay. Uh, why Why do you think that The Daily Show is doing it so much better? Uh, just because Jon Stewart it. is funnier? Well, John Stewart is super funny. Mm. And I'm going to talk about one... G- I agree. And super fucking smart. Uh, yes. I'm going to talk genius. about one
1: jingoist... Um, you know, I don't know how smart he is because he also has an army of writers and researchers.
0: I've seen him do like but interviews seen and him, shit. I've
1: seen him interview and go toe to toe with people, yeah. and he, he does seem to be right up there. You know, so I'm not saying yeah. he's an idiot, I'm just saying that he's <laughs> sure, shockingly sure. well informed because he also has the time to just immerse himself that no one else does. But true, it is sad that he can fucking out debate some of our representatives and senators on the subjects they're supposedly experts at. Yeah, yeah. that's really terrible. Anyway, why do I think they're doing a better job? It's more topical. You get four new shows a week. Hmm. Uh, stuff that happens like hours before the show makes it into that show, um, and I feel like that they're having to keep a low budget um, allows them to like if stuff is not working, they can just move on. Hmm. Whereas you know, they're you know, once you bring a hundred scientists onto the stage, you're stuck with them for sixty seconds. Regardless of that joke, you know, being made or sold or whatever, it's like you're sure. I see what's that was going one on. of the lamer ones. Yeah, I see what's going on. Oh God, they're really going to bring all hundred on. Oh, yeah. I can't even see the guy talking anymore because it's like it's like okay, again, the people that you need to make that point to are not watching your fucking show. They're not watching the Daily Show either. That's fine, but the Daily Show I don't think is
0: the Daily Show is an echo chamber. But you're saying it, that one of the, like you appreciate the, this that it's is. an educational
1: thing, but what value sure. is the education for people that don't agree with you? It, I, I wish there was a show like and I think that's the thing the Daily Show does well Sure, is if the the people in the middle, I consider myself a radical moderate, um it's I, and, and I love the fact that the show that it it plays both sides. Like it 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 calls bullshit on both sides equally. Sure it does. Yeah. Um but it's there's no monopoly undeniably, on bad ideas. It is
0: undeniably left leaning in its worldview. Yeah, on you know when but, it makes the points that it makes, they're always on the left side. They're always liberal. They're always progressive. Sure, and I, and I am one of those people. It speaks to me certainly. I'm just saying d- d- there's no crossover.
1: Um, but I, what I'm saying is that. There are shows that do that that as a moderate I they there's way too unbalanced. Because I don't agree with everything the Daily Show says.
0: Sure. Yeah.
1: Um but and I'm saying that I wish there was more shows that did that, that were able to reach across both sides of the aisles and appeal and be fair minded enough that nobody can accuse them of bias or being, you know, shrill or whatever. Those don't
0: bring in the viewers, unfortunately. Yeah. You've well. got to screen the loudest and the most obnoxious thing you can. And let the people glom onto that. So, again, at the end of the day, I think John
1: Oliver is a less topical, not as funny, less focused version of
0: talking about what ills American. And to top it all off, to he's, say he's a less fucking focused. Brit. Uh, I think that's one of your major problems with the show is every time he pokes fun at American culture, you get a little up in arms. Eh, I mean, no, I'm not. I mean, I just feel like that's the icing on the cake. OK, I, I think it's unfair to label this show as not topical. I mean, it has a show once a week. Okay. And certainly, it's not the internet. It's not immediate at your fingers, but it allows them to do things that are smarter. I think calling it unfocused is completely inaccurate. It is well, more focused than any of the other shows on television. You're, I guess you're missing my kind.
1: meaning. Like, when I say focused, I mean like a tight segment. It can do—I mean, John Stewart can do in five minutes what it takes John Oliver 22 to do.
0: But sometimes 22 is the right answer. I, I'm not going to argue with that. Like, net neutrality, you need people to actually understand what the fuck is going on, not a joke about a couple of senators who aren't understanding it.
1: I, I totally agree. There are times where that—I just feel like that they maybe haven't found their footing necessarily. Yeah,
0: it's a first-season show versus And it's, again, a fact Stewart that it's, <laughs> it's
1: a season is kind of a—I mean, that works for, like, Bill Maher, but it's, it's sure. hard for, like, he's just going to go away for three-quarters of the year. Yeah that's the daily show wouldn't be the daily show if they did that if they didn't do it daily <laughs> yeah so i understand it's like it's and it's kind of a weird model for the hbo to fit too similarly to billie yeah, yeah um but you know I, I i don't know i that's that are those are my problems with it and why
0: i it's not a appointment television for me sure and it it hasn't become appointment television for me yet but i have kept up to date on it and i'm i'm optimistic about where it's going the next seasons right okay
1: um see what else i think that might be the stuff that i'm actively watching do you would you like to um would you like to talk about stuff we're excited for
0: sure yeah
1: uh let's start with stuff that we both have equal footing on the strain
0: as in we've Seen none of it.
1: Yeah, we've seen none of it. We know about <laughs> a, 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 this. We know as much about it as each other does. Sure. That was a horrible constructed <laughs> sentence.
0: I've heard there are some monsters in it. I've heard it's Guillermo. See, Guillermo I thought del Toro. this was
1: going to be like The Stand. Steven uh, uh, The yeah, Stand. Yeah. S, 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 ugh, the Stand told as a serialized piece of drama. Sure. I have appreciated. That it's actually going to be a blade style vampire show instead, and I don't yeah it's the hard I to was say. I went from being super excited uh to being you know it's like oh Guillermo's doing a love letter to Stephen King and it's going to be serialized and it's going to be on fX it's gonna be so fucking cool to uh-huh. being like more vampires, huh I already got true blood, do I need more of this shit in my life?
0: I would argue no one needs more true blood in their life. Um, yeah, I'm, I've am i cooled on it, too. I, we actually were going to do a full cast day one we were. On it, and then we
1: found that out, and it got bumped to bald move TV. The more they the show of it, leagues. the less I like it. Mm.
0: <laughs> so actually watching it might make me hate it.
1: Yeah, well, we'll find out. It's uh, definitely something that we'll be covering on a week-to-week basis on this year's show. Sure. Another one, HBO's The Leftovers. Okay. Another show I'm meh on. There's been a lot of shows of this ilk. Yeah. Uh that have been more, you know, more or less hits on networks and cables and, you know, the this the fact that you've got people that just disappear and, you know, what do we do about it? How do we move on in society, how do we process that. This does seem to be an exceptionally well made high concept. It's got mm-hmm. uh what is it? Uh
0: Christopher Eccleston is in it.
1: But who's the, the producer? It's one of the lost guys.
0: Um, Lindelof or Cuse?
1: Yeah, Lindelof. It's Lindelof. it Dam- okay. Damien Lindelof um, as one of the big backers, and also the guy that um, made the election movie that was uh, – Okay. You know what I'm talking about?
0: Yeah, with uh, the young uh, Cruel Intentions girl, Reese Witherspoon. As
1: Reese Witherspoon, also had uh, Matthew Broderick.
0: Yes, yeah. I just watched that recently.
1: It's pretty good. Pretty good, kind of, uh, not black. Kind of fucked up. <laughs> yeah, very, it's, it's, I, I, I kind of want to call it a black comedy, but it's not, like mm. a gray comedy. Yeah, yeah, maybe. Uh, anyway, uh,
0: so yeah, there's that coming out. Are you excited? I saw the 4400, and I felt like that was all I needed sure. of this type of show, so I'm not super excited. People are talking, though. People are talking like this is going to be a great show. And it's got the HBO pedigree. It I mean, does. It's been a long time since I've been
1: disappointed by something. Since I've started being an HBO subscriber, mm-hmm. very few times have I gotten amped for something and it just completely fails to deliver.
0: Okay. I mean, I could buy that HBO will do it better than TNT or whoever made 4400, sure. uh-huh. uh, Sci-Fi or something. I don't know. I could buy that they do it better. So maybe I'm a little more excited for it than I... Should be after watching the 4400.
1: <laughs> right. Well, we'll see what we make of it. Um, the yeah. other thing I'm excited for to come back, it's coming back next month, or maybe at the tail end of this month, I need to look at the exact date, is FX's The Bridge.
0: Hmm, I haven't Did seen any see of that. Did you see any
1: of The Bridge last year? Nope, none of it. Uh, I thought it was a really, really good rookie season. There was about three to four episodes that went into very silly territory. Okay. But it feels like that, that plot line was completely put to bed at the end of season one and season two, setting up an arc um, that's all about, it's, it's going to actually be the stuff that we're interested in, which this show was very successful when we started talking about the kind of social aspects of what it's like to be on a border town. You know, you've got this relatively, you know, opulent, uh, wealthy, affluent, um, but, you know, not like New York City or Chicago. you got this American city on one side, and just across the border, you've got this kind of hive of scum and villainy. To the extent that there is a lot of, like, negative Mexican reaction where people are like, whoa, whoa, whoa. <laughs> like, it's... <laughs> sure, yeah, you can buy
0: prescription drugs, but... And, you know, every, for, every once in a
1: while people uh, will get beheaded for, by a drug gang, but come on. It's yeah, not yeah. that bad. And... There's also a lot of the 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 main plot revolves around how many girls go missing in this one particular uh, Spanish uh, Mexican city, and it's a staggering statistic. Unfortunately, also seems to be largely made up. Hmm. Okay, that you know, like they said, this one statistic is like you know, in a given year, uh, El Paso uh, loses four people to murder, and Juarez. I think is the city loses like 473 hmm. that literally it's just the difference between Cincinnati and Newport, uh-huh. you know, like yeah, Newport, yeah. Kentucky had 500 people die in a year. And Cincinnati had three, you'd be like, what the fuck is going on in Kentucky? Sure. Well, this show talks about all that stuff and how, you know, hmm. the border policies and the drug war and everything kind of comes together into this cultural and this, this, You know, melting pot, and I think it's fascinating.
0: That's really interesting because the previews for that show didn't tell me that at all. Yeah, the previews basically told me nothing about that show.
1: Yeah, it's definitely kind of a murder mystery, serial killer mystery.
0: Yeah, I'm I'm way more interested in it now, knowing what it's actually about versus what I thought it was about. No, you should definitely
1: check it out. I would like to do a full cast on it, but if for sure talk about it on the Bald Move uh, TV show. Sure. Um, like we're doing now. Um, but, yeah, I'm excited to see them come back. The biggest – I know you're going to hate Sonya, who is the kind of autistic lead investigator on the American side of the investigation. Okay. And she is really annoying in the pilot. I think that she tones it down as the season goes on and she becomes more compelling, but I, you're, you're probably not going to like her at first.
0: Okay. <laughs> Hard I, I character no to get into. Yeah.
1: We'll see. Uh, I think that's all the stuff I really want to talk about.
0: Okay. Yeah, I don't have anything else to talk about. Why don't you go ahead and do some pimping and take us out? Uh, if you'd like
1: to send us some feedback regarding our general TV cast or recommend some stuff that we haven't seen, there's a lot of stuff that we haven't talked about, like Hannibal that we're just too late on. Um, what's another one? The Americans. We definitely want to jump in. We're big fans of those series, but we just got them too late.
0: Bates Motel.
1: I that's um, not on my radar. Whatever that is. I
0: hear it's really good.
1: Those are the two that I know that I've missed and I wish we could have covered, but we were just kind of too late uh, other than justified, but I'm kind of eh. definitely be back for it next year because it's the final season and we got to, we got to take it out. Right. Yeah. But if you'd like to give this feedback or make suggestions or whatever, you can do so at TV at dot Of course you can always get into our podcast thread to leave feedback on facebook.com slash bald move. Uh, find the TV show thread and comment there. And you can also bitch a gym on Twitter at bald move. And uh, that's it. Okay. If you'd like to support us, we got subable.com slash bald move. Uh, I'm sure you know all about that by now. Go there. You can see the pitch. We let uh, lay it out there on the site. It's a free subscription system that you can also use to send us money. And that provides the stuff that we turn into podcasts, provides the raw time and booze that we convert the podcast. Mm-hmm. And you can also use our amazon.ballmove.com link. It's free money for us. It's just, just cheating Jeff Bezos out of money costs you nothing. If you're shopping on Amazon anyway, please use that link. And finally rate and review us on iTunes. That's how we grow this community bigger. And it's probably the single biggest thing you can do to help us do that. Besides uh, telling a friend or family member or coworker, this is the last thing you can do. <laughs> Boom. Which is
0: the last thing we ever want you to do. The last thing we want you to do is to tell a, f- a close personal friend. <laughs> solely your reputation with them? That oh. you
1: like Bald Moves. Yeah. That is a game changer. I, I hesitate to recommend it. Even it Has ask. ruined
0: marriages, certainly. Certainly. Yeah, certainly. All right. Count- countries have fallen. Easily. Yep. Uh, okay, that's it. Thanks, everybody, for listening. We'll be back sometime next week with another show.